This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder. But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms, Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Twisted News, where we get you up to speed on some of the strangest true crime stories that are happening in the world. First up today, we're looking at a home invasion case turned kidnapping that went horribly wrong and the police really messed it up. Then we have a missing mom of two who disappeared while on the road with her boyfriend and two daughters, and no one knows where she went. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number 1. The Polly Tragedy That Reshaped Justice In Petaluma, California, the Class family experienced something that would not only devastate their lives, but also ripple across the nation altering the course of criminal justice forever. On October 1st of 1993, 12-year-old Polly Class was having a slumber party with two of her friends at her mom's house, and everyone under that roof was completely unaware that this night would go from fun to tragic in the blink of an eye. Playing games and watching movies while snacking on some popcorn were on the agenda for that evening. As the night wore on, Polly's mother went to bed, Her sister, too, went to her room, and then the three friends went up to Polly's room. It was a little after 10.30 p.m. when an intoxicated intruder decided to enter the house. It was Richard Davis, a convicted criminal who was only recently paroled, and his first stop was Polly's bedroom. Armed with a knife that he had grabbed from the downstairs kitchen, he explained to the girls that he meant no harm and was only there to rob the place. If they screamed, though, he told them he'd hurt them. Then he tied up Polly and her friends, 
put pillowcases over two of the girls' heads before he took Polly with him as he left the room, saying he'd bring her back after he was done stealing the valuables. The friends were left in shock, and Polly was never returned. Just a few hours later in the rural area of Santa Rosa, which was about 20 miles north of Polly's home, a property owner was told of a suspicious vehicle that was stuck in a ditch along their private driveway. 911 was called and a pair of deputies arrived to find it was Richard and his vehicle. He claimed to have swerved away from a deer, which is how he got stuck. While an APB was broadcast just 30 minutes after the kidnapping of Polly, the broadcast only went out over the Sonoma County Sheriff's Channel 1. The deputies at the scene and in Sonoma did not know about the APB because their units were always turned to Channel 3. The deputies ran his license and plates, which all came back clean. Despite a search of his vehicle, Davis was ultimately released, a decision that would later haunt the investigation. Over the next two months, thousands of people searched for the girl. Even shows like 2020 and America's Most Wanted did segments about the abduction, but still, nothing came of that. It wasn't until November 28th when the property owner, who had called 911 on Davis in the first place, was inspecting her property after having some trees cleared, that she found items that seemed to belong to a little girl, a torn pair of ballet leggings. Then clicked in her mind, and that's when the horrific truth began to unfold. Davis was arrested two days later, and he confessed to murdering Polly within just hours of her kidnapping, although he never gave all the details of what exactly transpired that night. Davis led the police to Polly's remains, hidden under a piece of plywood in a shallow grave of a wooded area off Highway 101, marking a heartbreaking end to a nationwide search that had captivated the country. The evidence against Davis was irrefutable, with his palm print discovered in Polly's room and strands of his hair found at the scene. Looking back on the night in question, the authorities believed that once Davis got stuck in the mud, he hid the girl's body in some thick brush nearby. When deputies came, they recalled that he was sweating profusely even though that evening was fairly cool that he had twigs and debris on himself and his hair and clothes. After, he was escorted by police back to the highway. At some point, he must have gone back to retrieve the body. All along, while those deputies were right there, Polly was merely yards away. Raised in a troubled household, both of Davis's parents were abusive alcoholics. Beginning a life of crime at a young age, Davis's path was marked by violence and criminality. He'd been in and out of jail many times, and his early release from prison just months before Polly's murder sparked a public outcry and a demand for change in the justice system. Polly's tragic death galvanized the community and led to significant changes in law enforcement and criminal sentencing. The Three Strikes in Your Outlaw adopted in California in 94, was a direct response to the outcry over Polly's murder, aiming to prevent repeat offenders like Davis from slipping through the cracks of the justice system. However, over time, the law's broader impacts, particularly on communities of color, prompted a reevaluation and calls for reform. And furthermore, 
APBs now must reach all law enforcement officials. Polly's legacy also lives on through the foundations established in her name. The Polly Class Foundation and the Class Kids Foundation continue to raise awareness about child abductions and advocate for stronger sentencing for violent criminals, reflecting the ongoing struggle to balance justice and reform. As for Davis, he was sentenced to death for his crime, and at the age of 69 currently, is still awaiting execution. Number 2. The Disappearance of Katie Ferguson In the vast expanses of the American landscape, a road trip took a dark turn recently, leading to a perplexing and unsettling mystery. Katie Ferguson, a 33-year-old mother of two, embarked on a cross-country journey from Alabama to Wyoming with her estranged boyfriend, Adam Aviles Jr., and their young daughters. What began as a hopeful voyage ended in a disappearance that has left her family and investigators searching for answers. Their journey was fraught from the start. Katie had previously fled to Alabama from Wyoming, alleging to escape Aviles himself. However, she found herself reaching out to him again following a relapse into drug use as both of them had struggled with substance abuse for some time. He came and got her, and as they traveled back to Wyoming, some red flags were being raised to her family. Katie's text messages to them painted a picture of fear and desperation. She expressed anxiety about being followed by Aviles and a deep concern for her and her daughter's safety. Her stepmother, Angela Ferguson, did what she could and assisted her with money and lodging, unaware that this would be one of their last communications. By the time Aviles returned to Wyoming in October, Katie was nowhere to be found. It was just him and their two daughters in his care. The events that unfolded during their trip remain shrouded in mystery as of now, but disturbing clues began to emerge. According to a criminal complaint filed by the FBI, Aviles Dodge Durango was stopped three times in different states during their journey. On October 11th, when the vehicle was pulled over in Colorado, Katie was no longer present in the car. Aviles' account of Katie's disappearance was highly suspicious, but at first, that's all it was, as he claimed she was on a drug run in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he hadn't seen her since. It's possible something like that happened, yet he never reported her missing. And since going missing, Katie has not been in contact with her family, suggesting that the worst had happened. Her sister Nicole says while she doesn't know for sure, she can feel it in her being that Katie is gone from this earth. But now, there's new evidence coming to life that may actually prove what authorities believe. In November, Avilas' vehicle, the one he drove with his ex and kids, was found abandoned in the Oregon Basin area near Cody, Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. The car, filled with trash bags obscuring the view inside, emitted a disturbing odor of putrefied blood. Further investigations revealed alarming evidence. The passenger's seat was missing. Blood-streaked interior moldings were hidden in the trash bags. A Glock pistol magazine with live ammunition was found in the center console. 
The blood traces, coupled with the discovery of fired projectiles around the passenger's door and a projectile hole covered with duct tape, painted a grim picture. And, as of the making of this video, all of that is currently being tested, especially the blood, to see if any of it belongs to Katie. Avilis's sudden appearance at the scene of the car with a gas canister in hand then added another layer of mystery to the already complex case. November 21st, Avilis was arraigned for the legal possession of ammunition. Despite pleading not guilty, the evidence against him raises critical questions about his role in Katie's fate. His trial is now set for January 22nd. It looms on the horizon with the potential of a 15-year prison sentence if convicted. And we hope that the Ferguson family can get some closure in this and that justice will be served. So there were two of the scariest and mysterious news stories that we have for you guys today. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe. Remember to check out our other podcast called Every Town, where we do deep dives into the strangest cases you've never heard of. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Appreciate it very much. I'll see you soon.